Hello and welcome back to Touching Base PR Edition. My name is Jamie Gerke and I'll be your host today. This is the podcast where I help aspiring communications professionals create the careers they dream of. Through fun interviews with top-notch PR and marketing pros, you're going to gain a wide understanding of the industry and know how to make your mark. Let's do it. This week is an interview with Lindsay Kolker. She is the founder of Elevate Communications. And it's a super cool interview. We talk about so many different things, including manifesting your goals, mental toughness, working in television PR since she worked for Netflix, and also just the hustle that is PR. Before we get into it, personal, professional highlights for the week, let's catch up a little bit. This week, I started my new job at the Hudson Valley Renegades, which is why there was no episode last week, because I was moving and I was busy and overwhelmed. I'm still busy and overwhelmed because I'm literally back home right now in my bedroom, which is now a guest room, so I'm sleeping on an air mattress, but I'm back home because I had to do stuff at St. John's, so essentially my contract with St. John's is still until May, and I'm still getting my grad degree. I was just able to convince my professors to let me attend classes online, and then St. John's was lucky enough to say kind of like, this is a really good opportunity, you should take it. So I'm just finishing out the year with them and just kind of doing some things remotely, doing things back and forth a little bit. I'm going back to my apartment tomorrow. It's now Saturday, March 18th. So I'm going back to my apartment tomorrow where I'll be there for like a little bit now. So there's a lot going on. My first week with the Renegades was really good. Um, the person who was in the position before me was still there for this week. So it was a really good transition period. And like, I'm really excited for the position. It is literally just game presentation and promotions. So it's just scripting games, coming up with fun promos. Like it's going to get to really challenge my creativity and like my, that, that part of me. Um, whereas it's less marketing, social media, which is a lot of what I do at St. John's. Like I really won't be doing any of that. So It's going to be a really interesting change, but I'm really excited to really get to harness the skill that I know I have of scripting things and putting on game press and all of that. So I'm excited to do that. I will hopefully have more to share about the job like in the coming weeks, but um, opening day is April 7th, so it's coming on up. So we're really just in the planning stages right now. I guess that's like my professional highlight. Uh, Personally, moving. Um more difficult than anticipated first of all the physical process of moving i did not realize it would be so difficult i'm almost settled into my apartment um luckily like my parents my mom was my mom was so great um at getting everything set up so that was really awesome but the physical process was a little bit rough but also just like the mental process of moving has been a lot and very overwhelming and i have been taking to my journal a lot to journal and write things down that way I have things to talk about in therapy that way I like remember things but I think like the weirdest thing is like I feel like my anxiety has been like super high because it's almost like it's very weird because right after my breakup last year I kept being like I just want to do something I just want to go somewhere like I just want to adventure like I just don't want to like be stuck here in this town like where I live like I just like I, I want to be doing something and so like I feel like that's exactly what I'm doing now like I got out like I got to this new place where I want to be and it's like I sit in my apartment and I'm like oh my god I'm literally stuck here now like it's it's almost like this feeling of being trapped so I have to kind of figure out how I'm going to combat that 
I mean, I think with time, it'll also help just like obviously with making friends like I don't really know anyone in the area just making friends learning more about the area getting to explore and I think like now that I won't be going home for a few weeks I'll have time to really like get settled in the area and like hopefully meet people um I don't know I think I might try like Bumble BFF I've heard good things about it I don't know how do people make friends I feel like adjusting to a new job is really weird like how do you become friends with your co-workers I don't know I'm, I'm super duper confused I think it's weird because when I started at St. John's it was like everyone was new because there was a whole new like cohort of grad assistants so like we all wanted to be friends like we all wanted to make friends but now I'm like the only new one so that's kind of why it's a little bit different what I also think is so interesting about this feeling of being trapped is that at every other point in my career or like every other point in my life, like there's been like an end goal. Like college was four years and then I was done. Grad school was two years and then I was done. Like this time there's no end. Like it could literally be as long or as short as I want it to be. Like I could quit at any time or I could get fired or like, I, like it's weird because there is no like end in sight. Um, which I feel like should make it almost feel easier, but it also makes it feel harder. I don't know. This is like what I have to talk about in therapy this week. Um, so I think that's gonna be a really good session, uh, to be honest. I don't know. I can give a more comprehensive update on this like mental health situation that we're dealing with next week. This week, we also had the Touching Base Summer Internship panel, which was so much fun. I loved getting to hear from all our panelists. We had a lot of great panelists. We had a lot of great questions. It was a really, really great conversation. If you missed it, be sure to stand the lookout for next year's because it's definitely going to be an annual thing because I loved it so much. I loved getting to do this live. I kind of want to find more ways that I can do that. Newsletter is on a little bit of a hiatus because I am starting this job, but I think it'll be back next week. So don't worry about that. That'll come back next week. And then also I'm going to be looking for a new intern because my intern is sadly leaving. So I'll be looking for a new intern. It's just someone that's going to work one to two hours a week, do like research, pitching, things like that. I would love to talk to some of y'all. It is an unpaid internship, but it's really great experience and you get to be connected to my network. So all of that being said, let's hop right into this interview with Lindsay. Hi, I'm Lindsay Kolker. And I am the founder and president of Elevate Communications. I'm a full service boutique PR agency that specializes in entertainment, technology, and lifestyle. Amazing. And we are going to talk all about that and how you got there in just a few moments. But first, we're going to do a little bit of a hot seat segment. So my first question for you is if you had one free hour every day, how would you spend it? One free hour every day. I would spend it more focused on reading and catching up with the latest trends and developments in the business. I would also just spend it quieting my mind. I know those are two polar opposites, <laughs> but I'd probably do a little bit of each. I feel like I'm the exact same way though. And I think especially just like, it's so hard to turn off your brain. I feel like I talk about this all the time, especially yeah. just like with what we do, like it's all around us. And like, you could literally be on a walk and see something and you're like, oh, that's an idea. 
Totally. It is hard, especially when you're a creative, it's hard to just shut off. But when you love what you do, you keep thinking about it and finding new ways to bring it into, you know, connect with it. Exactly. I feel like I'm always getting like the best ideas. I'm just like driving to work. And then, you know, I have all that me time just sitting there that I'm just like, my brain starts going off. Yes. And you know, what's funny is I have found myself this year, I've really started to make a concerted effort to not allow myself to be distracted in those moments of quiet, right? Like you're Mm -hmm. at a stoplight or you're driving and you have like a couple, like a couple of seconds, don't pick up the phone, just sit there and be. So I'm working a lot on that. (laughs) I feel like that's almost like the perfect opportunity to be like, this is when I'm just going to be I'm just going to be because I know it's so hard to disconnect sometimes. So I feel like finding those moments where you can really like zone in on Mm -hmm. disconnecting is perfect. So my second question for you is if you could travel anywhere in the world right now, where would you go and why? Oh, so good. Okay. I would say I would go to Sicily because I just finished watching White Lotus season two Mm -hmm. and it literally catapulted me there. I was like, oh my gosh, I need to be there. The blue ocean, the beautiful architecture, all of it. So I would like to go to Sicily. That's where I would be. I am mentally there right now. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I try to come up with a different answer every time I ask someone this question. And where I'm at right now is that there is this girl who lives on my TikTok for you page. And I don't know how she ended up there, but she lives on my for you page. She wakes up at 3.30 a.m. every morning. She's like, I have girl boss-itis. She wakes up, has so much hydration, like drinks athletic greens, mushroom coffee, a full cup of water. Oh my goodness. Journals, works out, showers, does silent reading. All before like 8 a.m. And I'm like, I just want to be wherever that girl is. Holy moly. I need to find her. After this podcast episode, you need to tell me her name. I need to start following her. <laughs> yes, for sure. I'm obsessed. I. She sounds very inspire, inspirational. I wonder what time she goes to bed. <laughs> he goes to bed at like 8. Okay. Wow. So- three, three. I'm a big sleeper. I love to sleep. I need my sleep. If I don't get at least eight hours or at least seven and a half, I'm not the best version of myself at all. And I feel really like exhausted and mentally just not there. So I I love bed. I I do not understand. I like walk into the office and I have coworkers that are like, oh yeah, I went to bed at 3am and I'm like, please go to sleep. (laughs) Yeah, too much. I need to recharge my, like the batteries up here to be productive. And when I'm tired, even when I work late, I find that like, I know all of a sudden the, it starts to slow down. Things start to slow down. The eyes start to slow down in the brain. Mm -hmm. And then you don't make sense, you know, even though you want to get stuff done or get it, you know, just accomplished. It just, yeah, it's not productive. 100%. And now jumping into PR, communications, all that fun stuff. Can you start by telling me where you went to school and what you got your degree in? So I went to school at Santa Clara University. It is, um, it is about 45 minutes south of Stanford University. 
I actually got a tennis scholarship there. So I grew up playing tennis and playing, you know, competitive tournaments and wanted to go where I was going to get a scholarship, um, played tennis there for four years, majored in business with an emphasis in marketing and a minor in retail studies. Um, always knew that I wanted to get into entertainment, but didn't really know what part of entertainment or like, I didn't know enough about the business to really make an informed and educated decision. Um, following graduation, I moved up to San Francisco for two years and San Fran was like an hour away from Santa Clara. And it had a lot of really good connections to the mm -hmm. school. And the closest thing to PR was advertising. It, so I went in and worked at an advertising agency. I was on the account side. This was in the dot-com boom. So everything was too good to be true. Um, you know, the company I worked for, the agency I worked for, it was like happy hour every day at five. It was just like really a different kind of time and kind of surreal. But it really wasn't where my heart was. I didn't really care for the account side. And I didn't really like what I was doing. So I spent a year there and then moved over to a private equity firm. And I was an executive assistant for two years. Um, I'm sorry, one year. I was an executive assistant for one year. And I really liked, I didn't know anything about private equity. I'm not an investment kind of person um, in terms of just the knowledge and expertise. But I loved facilitating things for the big partners. I, I'm so good at being organized and I, I love that aspect of my life. And I was a really good executive assistant. I just didn't want to be an executive assistant as a, for a career. Mm -hmm. So when 9-11 hit, it really impacted me because I realized how short life is and that my life could end tomorrow. And why am I not chasing what I really have always wanted to do and was passionate about? So after 9-11, a couple of weeks later, I packed up moved my stuff home. I had gone and done a couple interviews down in LA. I, this is during the time I'm going to date myself, but you had like a map, you had like an Atlas and you were mm -hmm. like, okay. so there was no, no cell phone in terms of like the map directions or anything like that. Google maps. Um, I moved my stuff home for a week. And then, um, a week later I got a job offer and I was an executive assistant at um, a gaming company called Vivendi Universal Interactive. So Universal's video gaming division wasn't my passion. And I was, you know, open about that, but it was my foot in the door in the business. And three weeks, uh, three months later, a dream job came up and that was being a, an assistant in the media relations department at Paramount Television. Um, and it was surreal because I almost feel like I had visualized it in like a past life, the lot and the job itself. So I worked um, and assisted my boss at the time, who's now one of my very good friends um, on Frasier with Kelsey Grammer and David Hyde Pierce and Becker with Ted Danson. And that's really where I started. Yeah. I feel like you literally just said like you like manifested that job for yourself. Like you en envisioned yeah. the parking lot, like you must have known yeah. in a past life or something totally manifested that. And I think like people are underestimating how much manifesting can actually do for you. Cause it just like, it puts the idea, like, even if you don't believe in manifestation, it puts the idea in your head and it makes you work a little bit harder for what you want, 
even if yes. you're not actively thinking about it. I love that you bring this up because I'm a big believer in energy and I'm a big believer in manifesting. It didn't even have a word at the time, I don't think, or it wasn't necessarily very common to talk about. But yes, I believe that what you think about, you bring about. So I'm a big believer in the law of attraction. And so I see how my thoughts and my energy and what I wanted helped create this path for me in my career. It's so funny that you just bring it up because I just mentioned to you before we started recording that I just got a new job with the baseball team. And it's so funny because right before we got on this recording, I was messaging with this author that I read her books on Instagram. And it was probably about a year and a half ago. I read she had a whole series about this whole family that works for a baseball team. Um, They own the baseball team and then they all like fall in love with the players. Like it's a whole like romance novel series about this baseball team. And I was like, girl, I just manifested this life for myself. I'm about to live in a romance novel. Let me know when you need my story. I love it. That's so awesome. I mean, that's the beauty of social media too. And what we do as a career, I know, um, you know, a lot of times people go, what's your favorite thing about what you do? And as a publicist, and I love the human connections, even mm-hmm. connecting with you, there's always people to connect with and share our stories and learn from. So I love that you connected with somebody and manifested that um, in terms of your career and where your head is at and what you're passionate about. For sure. And I think going back to the beginning of your story, I want to ask you about being a tennis player in college and kind of what skills did you learn from that that you think help you in your career? Such a great question. So, you know, it's funny because my mom used to always talk about how tennis is a reflection and like what's going on in tennis court is a reflection of what's going on in my life. Um, so, so for me, I was very good and very disciplined and very committed, but my mind messed things up for me. My mental toughness would always end up, you know, I'd be neck and neck with these big, big players, like really top ranked players. But then I would mentally go down. Oh my gosh, I'm beating this person. Oh my gosh. What if I don't, what if I double fault? Like anytime you start to spit negativity into your mind, it, it creates that. So, um, tennis is, you know, there's singles and doubles. I played a lot of singles. It's an individual sport. It can also be a team sport when you play doubles. Um, but it taught me a lot about the power of the mind and, um, mental toughness. Um, and, that what you tell yourself is really, um, you know, what you, what you say to yourself and what you believe is what you're going to create and what you're going to bring out there. It also taught me about, um, resilience and consistency, mm-hmm. but really the game is so mental. And I, I still play, I've gone, I've gotten back out and play and have met so many nice friends playing again. And it still comes up for me. I mean, I just have to remind myself to have fun. We're all so competitive and we want to be the best at what we do, but you also have to be your own best friend. For sure. And I think that aspect of mental toughness is so important in this career. I was just having this conversation the other day with someone kind of just talking about how in this field, like you're constantly seeing what other people are doing. You're constantly seeing what other media hits people got. Like it's so hard. It's so easy to compare yourself to the people around you and feel like maybe you're not doing the best or you're not doing the best you could or that you're not the best. 
It's yes. so easy to do that, that that mental toughness aspect of it is so important. So, so true. And I think it's also just in life, like, you know, you can always compare yourself to other people. And to be honest, when I was younger and, and going through life, I uh, still am going through life, but I mean, less sure of who I was. I would often compare myself to other people and put emphasis on other people, whether it was in career or, you know, life or what we're doing with ourselves. And the only competition we have, it should be with ourselves. The only betterment we should have is with ourselves. Sometimes we do, you know, get motivated by what we see other people do or what they're achieving in life. But, you know, it's all, I think there's a degree of healthy competition that keeps you going and motivated and inspired, but yeah, it's, it's, it is always something that you have to be mindful of and, and really celebrate yourself and what you accomplish. And that's something that I'm learning to do more of celebrating my wins, celebrating myself all through life. I've always just done, you know, achieved and done and moved on, but Really, nobody's going to celebrate you like you're going to celebrate yourself. And I think a while back on the show, one of the guests that I had on the show, she said that the quote she lives by is, I'm doing the best I can with the information I have. And I think that that's something that we need to take into every day with us. And I think it's so, like I said, it's so easy to compare yourself when you see someone get a media hit that maybe you didn't get or something like that. And I think just knowing that you're doing the best you can and I think also with that 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 piece of with the knowledge I have, I think yeah. you also have to give yourself grace because you don't know what else happened behind the scenes. Maybe that journalist that wrote that article had a personal connection to this other person. Yeah. Like you don't yeah. know what went on behind the scenes. For sure. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. There's always something, there's always some connection. But I also think that, it's, it's awesome when you can learn from other people as well and be graceful with some of those learnings and this community and what you're doing with this podcast is so, I wish there was something like this when I was rising and growing through in my career, shared experiences and shared, um, you know, wells and not wells. It's, it's very helpful and, you know, to, to have that, that platform. I think it's so important to recognize that everywhere that the people that you look up to all started in the place that you are now they didn't make it to the top right away they worked their way up just like you are right now for sure yeah everybody starts at the bottom you know and you have to I remember starting out in my career and being very anxious about the next thing and I think that's probably normal when you're starting out and you're wanting to get to here, but you're, you know, you're here, but you're just, you want more, you want to know what's next. And I think that's about life, right? The ambiguity of life. We can plan our lives out and have things that we want and take ourselves there, but, and, and believe in ourselves. But yes, I mean, knowing that that next thing is going to come up and believing in it and having faith in it is, is an important thing that I've had to learn throughout my career as well. Yeah, for sure. And so the next thing I want to ask you is that you mentioned as an executive assistant, you mentioned that you were good at it, you loved being organized, all of those different things. And I think whenever I think of a PR professional, I everyone I know always has a notebook or a planner or Google Calendar in their hands. Like it is right there on top of it. One of the key aspects to being in PR is being organized. 
So talk about this like personality behind PR sometimes. And Mm -hmm. I know one of those things that is involved in that personality is being organized. But what else do you think um, are important traits for a PR professional? I love that you started out by saying organized. Well, now I don't know that all publicists and publicity executives are organized, but I find that I cannot do my job effectively if Mm -hmm. I'm not. And that's just my personality. And that's just who I am. Um, other qualities that I think are really important. I think it's about like letting your creative mind go. Sometimes when we're raised in life and through school, and then you get to corporate America, you're like told to think in this square box. And this is how you have to think about it. And I think letting your mind run free and embracing that and celebrating that is I think the key to success for a lot of businesses, a lot of personalities, doing things differently, how to make, how to break through amidst all the clutter. Um, So I'd say that is really important. And I'd say resilience and perseverance. I'd say being a publicist, you get a lot of no's and -hmm. you need to um, you know, really think through how to get those no's to yes and um, not give up. And just like any business, whether you're an actor, an actress, whether you're, you know, an executive in a, in a business and like there's a bunch of layoffs, whatever it is, whether it's a child and you're learning how to tie your shoe, um, it's really important to keep your mind strong and find ways to not feel deflated and rejected all the time. That is, you know, they, they used to say, thick skin. And I think that's such a broad general word, but, you know, going through life's experiences more, you learn and what that means and what it's like. And then, you know, you just kind of like keep going. So I would say persistence and resilience is important. Yeah. And I think especially with PR, that persistence and resilience starts at the very beginning when you're applying to jobs and you might be getting rejections or, and you don't know why you're getting rejected, but you're getting these rejections and you don't know how to keep going. And so what would you say to someone that's going through the job application process right now that might be struggling with rejection? Well, first I would say maybe zoom out and take a look at maybe what, is there a consistent pattern here? You know, because a lot of times we like to project that there's things that are happening out here that have nothing to do with us. And sometimes those rejections or the way somebody acts doesn't have anything to do with you. It's about them. But if it's a consistent pattern, there may be a way to look at it and go, maybe I need to tweak what I'm highlighting here, or maybe I need to change my approach when I'm in my interviews. So I say there's also some self-reflection that needs to take place. Um, And then the other piece of advice I would give is to talk to people. You know, everybody has a similar experience. Not everybody likes to share it because it's deflating and maybe it hurts our egos, but I find that I get the most out of the my relationships when I can share those things and I can turn to people and express vulnerability around what is hard for me and tap into those brilliant minds about maybe what I'm not thinking about because I'm so close to it. That's what happens. We're all so close to our work and our lives. 
we don't see things the same way other people do because of that. So mm-hmm. tapping in and asking people and being vulnerable, I think is another piece of advice I would have for somebody. Awesome. So switching gears a little bit, starting with your job at Paramount and then working your way to where you are now. I know it's a long-winded question, but what was that trajectory like? So I went from Paramount. I was there for two years, just in terms of the like path. I went to a PR agency for two years. I went to Sony Pictures Television for seven years working on syndicated and cable and network television, um, PR publicity campaigns. And then I went to Netflix where I was there for six years and launched with my boss um, original programming starting with House of Cards. Following that six years, um, I started Elevate. So um, in terms of like what that looked like, I mean, it was a lot of I had no idea what I was doing at first, right? Like starting off that, I remember going from Paramount to the PR agency and my boss who actually brought me over to Paramount and brought, I'm sorry, brought me over to Sony and brought me over to, to Netflix, um, pretty much was raised by her in the business. And she is just like, and like not a bullshitter. She's very like cut and dry. And she's like, the best way to learn was to throw me into it. So I would say that it was a lot of, being thrown into stuff, not even knowing what I didn't know. I was really observing. I I would listen, like even with my first boss, I would sit, I was in a part of her office and I would be able to like, listen to how she was having conversations with press or how she was talking with talent. And the same thing happened with my next boss throughout my career and just sort of observing and seeing how she handled things really through osmosis. I learned a lot by watching and listening. Mm -hmm. And then it was just about um, being put in situations and experiences that I would never have had the experience working in before, you know, whether it was at Sony traveling the world with Dr. Oz and like somebody like him who like knew everything and had a million questions you had to be prepared for to then, you know, moving over to Netflix where there was really this culture of empowerment And context, not necessarily control, where you were encouraged just to do your job and not have to be going through this layer of checks and balances. So you really have to like through life. For me, I really learned how to trust myself, trust my gut. Um, There's so many things. I don't know if I answered that question succinctly for you. No, 100% you did. And I think going back throughout pieces of your story, going out through pieces of your journey, something that you mentioned was learning just by kind of getting thrown into it and then learning by osmosis, just picking up on the people around you. And I think that those are the key ways of really learning in this industry. I feel like just being being taught in a classroom isn't necessarily going to teach you the skills you need to learn um, mm-hmm. to be in PR. And I know that because I didn't study PR in college. I didn't study marketing. I was an English major in college. And so Mm -hmm. everything I learned was kind of on the job, just kind of being thrown into it. And, you know, I can say that I can compare myself to so many at my first internship. One of the girls I was interning with was a journalism major. One of them was a PR major. And Mm -hmm. I could stand here and say, oh, I didn't know this when I started. I didn't know this when I started. But I know at the end of the internship, we all knew the exact same things. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you that the best some, I think there's different types of learners. I am the type of learner that learns best when I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I just do. Sitting and like being instructed something, you know, I just, it it doesn't resonate with me in the same way as on the job learning. So I agree. Yeah. 
but everybody learns differently. And so now I want to ask you, what was kind of the moment that you decided, okay, I want to leave Netflix and start my own firm? What was that uh, thought process like? So much was changing at Netflix. And, um, you know, after six years, I mean, when I started, I think there was probably just a couple thousand people, maybe 3000 or 4000. And when I left, there was close to 10. And when I was at Netflix, I would remember interviewing people and talking to people on my team and saying, gosh, the next thing after this, I don't know if I could go back in house at a studio or a network because what I experienced was so like one in a million lightning in a bottle, like just the whole like early days of Netflix and original programming and streaming and all of that. And so when I was, when I left and was looking for a change, I started to put a plan together for myself. So I was so used to building plans for TV shows and movies and talent. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to stop and I'm going to do one for myself. So I put goals down. I put like the types of companies that I'd be interested in. I put like, what are their strengths? What are their weaknesses? And I'm like, wait a second. This would be going back into a system that I just came out of. And at Netflix, as I mentioned, I was really... I really was able to really flex my entrepreneurial muscles. You have had to be entrepreneurial to work at Netflix. And when I came out, it wasn't until I came out and left that I realized how entrepreneurial I was. And so I decided to dip my toe in the water and start doing a little work in um, freelancing. And once I got a taste of that, I loved it. And I realized this is what I wanted to be doing. And, um, I met with a friend who kind of walked me through the checklist of all the things I should think about. And after that, I just ended up, um, uh, going to town. I, I decided to build a website. I decided to like get my legal agreement. So all the things, so that's sort of really what the, you know, trajectory was and how it took me to that place. And it's been the best thing I've ever done. And all of the jobs prior to Elevate needed to happen in order to get to Elevate. And I'm super grateful for all of that, but I'm so happy to be on this side now. Yeah, I want to take a walk back in your journey a little bit to when you were at Netflix, because I think so many people kind of want to know, what is that like? What is entertainment PR really like at that level? And so obviously with Netflix being on the forefront of entertainment, especially when you were there starting streaming, all of those things, what were some of the things you were doing as a publicist there? Oh my gosh. (laughs) So, you know, working on show campaigns. So I came in and my boss was already like knee deep in House of Cards. So I was just really helping her pick up some of the pieces, like help assisting, but that was really her show. But then I you know, and she and I were both working very closely and we would hire agencies to work with us on some of the other shows because we launched the whole first year and a half of originals on our own. Um, so it's a lot of like, you know, on the show and film side, you're reading scripts, you're determining whether, you know, there's um, opportunities that make it worthy to invite press to set, to bank, to bank um, press coverage, you're coordinating uh, press junkets, you're working on um, messaging and talking points about the film. So your talent are well prepared. 
uh, when they're speaking with press, you're putting together embargoes, you're building a PR strategy for these projects. Um, and using that as your blueprint to shape the campaign. Um, and then uh, in addition, you know, we were working closely with the brand PR team, which, you know, and figuring out how do you help educate and empower your talent and even press, like press were very perplexed on how they were supposed to cover Netflix shows. You know, they were used to one episode at a time launching on television, and then they were used to a recap one episode at a time. Um, they were used to, you know, specific, you know, parameters for reviewing episodes and movies. So um, it was a lot of like setting meetings with press to, to share with them and bring them in throughout the process. It was helping set up our executives with press to do backgrounders. Um, and then, you know, once we kind of got in a rhythm with the show and film stuff, then it was about expanding Netflix globally. So, you know, I think at the time when I started, Netflix was already in Canada and maybe the Nordics and the UK. But, um, you know, I was one of the team members that went to Australia and like did the white glove treatment with reporters to bring them in on the product experience mm -hmm. and the you know, the show and the film experience. And then a part of the team that took Netflix global when we flipped the switch at um, CES. So, you know, the cool thing about working at Netflix was that I was not expected to be a PR executive. I was expected to be a business executive. I was expected to understand the bigger business. And that was really my first experience ever feeling like, oh, wow, I matter more than just this piece. I am expected to know the bigger piece. And that actually helped inform the way I work today, right. which is really studying different businesses and meeting different types of people in press and understanding, you know, companies, businesses, and how to, mo and, in order to do what your, your job, well, you have to understand their business. You can't just understand this one piece of it. For sure. And so thinking about all of those things that you just mentioned, I want to ask you, what should someone specifically know about working in entertainment PR? What skills does someone need to have to work in that specific sect of the industry? Really good question. I wouldn't say that it's any different skills than any other kind of publicist. I would say that um, there's a lot of egos involved. So I would say that you need to take your own ego out of it. You could get feedback from talent who maybe just don't like the way you work or they don't like your style. Um, and that happens across the board, even like with executives you work with. So I think you have to, you know, definitely keep that in mind in terms of ego and, um, you know, be prepared for that. And I would say what else you would really, you know, need to do to be successful is be able to, just like any job in publicity and PR, be able to really adapt quickly, pivot quickly. Things change. You're always about wanting, you know, as a publicist and a good publicist, you want to find ways to connect to culture. So, um, you know, whether it was the election and we were launching House of Cards or if it's about like, oh my gosh, House of Cards accidentally season two launched unexpectedly on the product four weeks early, like, how do you handle that? 
So um, I think it's just a matter of adapting quickly and, and keeping your ego out of it. Those would be two pieces of advice, I would say. For sure. And I think when it comes to adapting quickly, I think also just being able to keep yourself calm in difficult situations. I was just asked about this in a job interview. You know, they asked me like, <laughs> what do you, what have you learned working in uh, athletic marketing that you will like obviously take on to a new responsibility? And I was like, honestly, just being able to stay calm in difficult situations, like things go wrong all the time and you need to be able to fix them without breaking down. Like I always tell myself, I'm like, something goes wrong. I'm like, you can cry in the bathroom in five minutes. You need to fix it right now. That is such a good point. I love that you brought that up. It's, it's so, so true. Um, and that would apply to, you know, entertainment PR. I also think it's just like crazy, right? Like it's kind of, I mean, it's so fun, but sometimes the things you do are like, um, getting somebody coffee, you're like helping them like repack their wardrobe. Like, you know, you just do what you do. And I think publicists are very selfish, selfless. We do a lot. Um, we're always behind the scenes doing it. We don't really want the recognition. We just want people to be happy and we want to find success for our clients and for the, the shows and filmmakers. We want people to be happy. But the other thing I think you have to remember is you can't make everybody happy. Mm-hmm. You know, I, one of the biggest um, influences in my life, in addition to the law of attraction is Don Miguel Ruiz's book, the four agreements. And one of them is um, one of the agreements is always do your best. And the other is don't take anything personally. And that's really hard. Not taking things personally is a hard thing to practice. And I think it's really easy to do. Um, a lot of things feel personal. But I love what you, I totally agree with you. A hundred percent. And so now switching gears to starting your firm and doing that, what did it look like starting it out and now getting it to where you are now? Great question. Um, Starting out, it was, you know, it was meeting with people that, you know, to let them know I was in business. Um, I think I mentioned earlier, just like the, the checklist of, you know, your legal agreements, the trademark for your brand, your logo, what do you want your aesthetic to be? What do you, you want to specialize in? So, so that was a, you know, a big, that took up a big chunk of like six months. And then it's really about um, hustling. Now as publicists, we are hustlers by nature, right? Mm-hmm. And I was brought up to be a hustler. And I realized that I have it in my DNA. I am always hustling. I love the hustle. Mm-hmm. And I think that's another thing. You have to love the hustle to be successful in this career. So um, started out just sort of, it's it was slow, but I think you just put one foot in front of the other and focus on what you're doing at the time. So my energy was going into my branding. My energy was going into all the things that made Elevate, Elevate. And then you work with somebody and they have a good experience. And then they think about you for somebody else like this. Our networks are really small. The world is small and we have a very unique skill set and everybody does it a little bit differently. This being a publicist, right? So um, it's, it's, you know, I really feel like it took me a good two years to really start to establish myself and get my name out there. And now I'm very lucky and blessed to have, you know, a lot of clients have 
you know, stayed on with me for long periods of time. They've had good experience. They refer me. There's people I've worked with in my past life at Sony, at Netflix, at Paramount who think about me. So um, it's a domino effect. And I am never tired of the hustle. I'm never tired of meeting new people. Um, the freedom that comes with running your own business and your own firm is just the most liberating feeling ever. And I think to know that the buck starts and stops with you literally is so powerful for me to not have to deal with sort of the corporate politics and things that happen at companies, you know, you kind of reorg this or this person is that and I'm not that kind of person. I just love the work. So for me, I am really focused on the work and like really loving the strategy and really loving to find creative ways to get my clients visibility. I absolutely love that you mentioned the hustle of it. And I think that it's so important because PR is a grind. Like you need to know that. And working in this industry is a grind and you have to be, you have to be programmed for it. It's like not for the week at all. I remember when I first accepted the job I just got, someone said to me, oh, minor league baseball is like such a grind. Like they have six games in a row. Like that's so rough. And I was like, okay, but here's the deal. I was like, I'm currently in college athletics. We play, we have 17 sports. The only time we have off is July and August. Then we're just back in it. I was like, with minor league baseball, I'm going to have seven months where we're not playing. And you know what it was? My first thought of that was, what am I going to do during those seven months? I was like, I'm going to be so bored. I was like, maybe I'm going to I was like, I'm going to make another job. (laughs) I love your attitude. You're so positive and you're so smart at such a like young age. Like, I I mean, obviously there's so many people growing up differently than I, like my generation or differently than my, our parents' generation. But I'm so impressed with like how you think about things because I think my mental, you know, the way I think about things has didn't didn't happen so young so bravo to you you know what I think it is thank you first of all I think my generation's just been brought so much up on social media and seeing people from a young like we were brought up in this hustle culture yeah like it was always like we were so raised to just be on the grind at all times because it's what we saw on social media growing up we didn't we didn't want like I feel like for me, I didn't always watch like television shows. Like it was never like, I'm going to get home from school. I'm going to turn on the TV. That's what I'm going to do. It's like, I'm turning to social media and I'm seeing all these people hustling on the grind. Like, because that's what people put out there of themselves. Yeah. I feel like it's just the way we were raised. I think you're right. I think it has a lot to do with it. And also like, um, creators, right? I mean, and I don't mean it in the sense of creators on social media, but I mean, there's, there's tools out there to be a creator. Like, so impressed you have a podcast. I'm like, I don't even know. I'm sure it's not that like crazy difficult. I'd have to learn, but to start your own podcast, it takes a hustle, right? It takes a hustle to build it. You have this great logo. It takes a hustle to book guests. It takes a hustle to prep for it. It takes a hustle to edit it. So, um, it's great. I love it. Thank you. And so now talking about your business now, what might a week in your life look like? I know that 
PR changes all the time. They are doing different things all the time. But what does one week in your life look like? As you mentioned, no two days are alike. I mean, I would say that, you know, it's client calls. It's well, let me back up. I'm doing my soul cycle class. Let's do what's good for us. I'm playing a little tennis in the morning. Mm -hmm. Like I'm learning to get back into the swing of not just wake up and go straight to my computer, although it's really easy to do. So when I do my exercise in the morning, it really makes me feel good and I'm I'm more productive. Um, but then it's like balancing, you know, one thing I don't miss about like the corporate jobs is all the meetings I was in all day. So I'm really able to organize my schedule the way it should be. So it's, you know, catch up calls with clients. Um, I really like to make those clients high of those calls high level. I don't like them to be updates. I like them to be brainstorming. I like them to be talking about strategy and goals. Um, so sometimes the meetings need to be that, but I like to keep it high level. Um, and then it's like creating and carving the space out to do the thinking work, to put the strategy together, to tweak the strategy, to be, um, pitching. Right. And when I pitch media, I want, I know how difficult it is to get responses from press. I know how hard their jobs are. It has gotten harder for them. It's gotten harder for us because it's gotten harder for them. There's fewer of them and they're covering more space. And so I want to stand out. I don't want them to be like, oh, there's that Lindsay girl from Elevate. Oh God, just delete. I So, so taking the time to really craft smart, clever pitches takes a lot of my time. Um, and then, um, yeah, it's just, it's a lot of that. And and then I think the email stuff is the busy work, right? So easy to just be like, oh, I mean, I get excited about email when I see a response from press, it gets me really excited. Um, but it's, you know, it's doing that. It's, it's, you go clearing out the email, getting back to people. It's planning my social media for the week. Um, and then it's planning things with my friends, you know, and my husband. And those, all those things combined make me good at what I do because I'm not just doing one of them. I'm doing all of them. And I think it's just finding that time for myself as well. I will say that I tend to put my job before everything and I work mm-hmm. at that. And I think um, what I'm blessed with is, you know, I'm, I'm constantly trying to better. I, I want to be better. I want to be better at what I do. I want to be a better wife. I want to be a better daughter. I want to be a better friend. And so my mind is open to feedback. I want to hear what I can do better and how I can be better, but also knowing and giving myself grace that, you know, you're going to have some good days and you're going to have some bad days. Some days you're just not going to be able to have a life at all. And that's okay. And other days you're going to give a lot to your life. So um, no two days are alike, but I try to mix it up with a little of this and a little of that. I like to try and make Fridays a little lighter of a day. Um, I do end up working on weekends and getting things done, accomplished on my computer. Cause I'm not distracted by the email or the calls or whatever, but it's okay. I, cause I love it. Yeah, for sure. And it's something you have to love it to be in this industry because you are going to work a lot of hours. You're going to do a lot of stuff, but I feel like at the end of it all, it's so rewarding. And once you get that media hit or you see a campaign that you worked on go well, it's so rewarding. Oh, it's the best feeling. I really, you know, I'm a one woman show. So the accountability starts and stops with me. And so I care a lot about delivering for my clients what they're paying for. 
it's not lost on me that they're paying a lot of money to get output. Now, the thing about PR, as you know, is that PR is not a guarantee. If you want to, mm -hmm. if you want P, if you want guaranteed coverage, you pay for marketing and you pay more for it because it's guaranteed. But there's there's something so powerful about earned media. There's something so powerful about reading about a product, a brand, a show, um, a personality, an executive um, through storytelling. And that's what we do. We're storytellers. Knowing that I think storytelling is the key part of it. And I think it kind of goes back to what you're saying about spending so much time working on a creative pitch, because I think that you can pitch a product all you want. Expect Like I know when I was in lifestyle PR, it was okay, I'm going to pitch this product, I'm going to do this. But then I was like, okay, but people don't care about this. They care about why it was created. They care about the story behind it. It's not, yeah. this is the product, this is great. It's why, the why so behind true. it. I love hearing you say that. It's even a good reminder for me, right? Like, what's the story behind this person? What's the story behind this brand? And then what does it do for you? Like, And that's something that I think about a lot with clients is, are these people, are these like, like products and people and brands that I would be interested in if I wasn't working with them? Mm -hmm. Right. That's important. Um, for sure. But I, you know, I really appreciate that. That's a great reminder. You know, just now, as I said it, I was just reminded when I was younger, my grandpa always used to remind me that when I was three, when I was four, every time he'd say something, I went, but why, but why? <laughs> But why? And I feel like that should have been the first sign that I was destined for this career. I love that. Well, I do think too, these different things keep popping in my mind in our conversation. Curiosity. I think that's an important quality you need to have to be a successful publicist and to be sure. good at what you do. You have to be curious. You have to be want to know the why, right? We're not robots. We don't, you know, the to be the best at what you do, you need to understand the why love that you say curiosity. And, you know, I think it's so funny, even going back to like my personal life, it's like, you know, I'm in, I'm in therapy. My therapist is like, okay, why do you care? And I'm like, I'm literally just curious. Like, I'm just curious. Like, yeah. I just want to know. <laughs> I'm the same way. It drives my husband crazy. <laughs> I have so many questions. <laughs> I, I think being nosy, being curious, go hands in hands. Yeah. Yeah, it does. It does. So now I just kind of have one more question for you to wrap up the whole interview. And it's looking back at your entire journey from where you started to where you are now. If there was anything that you could change, is there anything that you would want to maybe do a little bit differently? Such a good question to think about. Um, it's funny, planning my social media out. I've done a lot of like asking myself these questions, which makes me and forces me to look within myself. It's like a hard exercise when you get asked these questions. So I like it. I think what I would do differently. And I think, I think this is what I would wish I would do differently, but I think it's part of the journey is I had a lot of anxiety uh, throughout my career. Mm -hmm. And I think I let a lot of stress, um, rob me of the joy of the job. Now I dreamt about this job when I was younger and I'm doing it and I've been doing it. And for over 20 years now. And I think if I could go back and change anything, it would be to enjoy it a little bit more when I was a little younger and starting out. And I mean, even up until like, even when I was at Netflix, I think sometimes we let the stress get the best of us. 
and it's pressure and you lose sight of what we're put on this earth to do, Mm -hmm. to enjoy life, to have fun, to, you know, love. So, um, that would be my advice. That's what I would change in my past is to freak out and be less stressed and, um, enjoy more. And I think now that's really the chapter I'm in. I'm enjoying it all. Mm-hmm. I really and love I it. think I think that's such a good reminder that I know like even there are days like when I'm so stressed or I don't know, I'm like, I'm just I I'm like, I can't do it. I can't do it. And then just like taking a moment to put yourself, take yourself out of it for a second and just remember like I'm so stressed because I wanted this. Like this yes. is what I dreamed of. Like this is what I want to be doing. And that's why I'm stressed. And like taking that moment to be grateful, to almost be grateful for the stressful situation you're in. Yes. Yeah. And I do know that there's a purpose for stress. Like there's a reason that stress exists, but when it completely robs you of enjoyment, that's when you need to have a come to Jesus with yourself. And I've been through that. And I'm really grateful for those experiences because it's brought me to this place now. And, um, of course there's still moments like that, but I think that, you know, not to get too like, um, cheesy, but life is a gift and we're here for a short Mm -hmm. period of time and you got to make the most of it. And just like my experience on nine 11, I didn't lose anybody, but I saw people lose people and life is short. So you got to live every day as if it's your last. Yeah. I feel like whenever I'm like really, really stressed, I just tell myself, okay, you could have been born at any single time. And you were born in the same, the same generation as Taylor Swift. (laughs) (laughs) That's so good, Jamie. I love that. I think about that too. Like the Holocaust, like I think about that. Like I think about, you know, slavery, things like that. I mean, you know, we're very lucky to be in this time, but there's still so many, so much work and so many challenges, mm-hmm. so much that we're, you know, the world needs us. So we need to, you know, stay present and give the best versions of ourselves because that contributes to a better world. For sure. Well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story. It was so, so great having you on the show. My gosh, it's my pleasure. Thank you for doing what you're doing. It's awesome. <laughs>